Broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University, it's 88.7 WLUW, Chicago Sound Alliance. Meanwhile, Rich, let's turn our attention to the Bears-Texans game. My understanding is the future of general manager Ryan Pace and coach Matt Nagy are uncertain. Just two years ago, Nagy was the coach of the year. I am told him and Pace are still tight in this together and hopeful for a strong finish. Of course, a loss today would be their seventh in a row, and to do it against Deshaun Watson, the quarterback they did not take, would be hard to overcome in Chicago. Thank you for joining me every Sunday morning at 11 here on 88.7 FM WLUW. Got an hour uninterrupted of your favorite small town kid. Go to the Loyola Phoenix, Nick Schultz. I know Sister Gene pretty well. I think he's the sports editor there. He is. Right? He's a sports he's editor. Yeah. Sports good, columnist, sports writer. And, uh, and there's a, there's... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't watching baseball in class. Nick Schultz, who is a, a rising star in the profession. Our guy, Nick Schultz, covers... Loyola for the student newspaper there, the Loyola Phoenix. I have to keep pinching myself and <laughs> asking if this is real. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm a poor, starving college student, so I would say I was physically here, but I wouldn't say I was mentally here. That was Ian Rappaport on NFL Game Day on the NFL Network this morning talking about just how big today's Bears game is as the Bears take on the Texans at Soldier Field at noon. I'm taking you up to kickoff here on WWFM 88.7, broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University. I'm your host, Nick Schultz, here with you for another hour of sports talk this Sunday. Wasn't sure if I'd be here this week because it is technically winter break, but the slot was open. And I figured I might as well come on because we have a lot to talk about. And I do have a lot to talk about already, but we do have some breaking news out of Champaign. It's sounding like the Lovey Smith era is over at Illinois. Lovey Smith is meeting with players as we speak. And presumably, reports are coming out that he is not coming back as the football coach. I will have updates throughout the hour, but that's sounding like what's happening in Champaign. So stay tuned for more updates. Again, sounds like the Lovey Smith era is over for Illinois football after they got blown out by Northwestern yesterday. Back to the Bears. Obviously, big one today. Noon, noon kickoff. It's Mitchell Trubisky versus Deshaun Watson for the first time. And if you recall, back in 2017, Trubisky was drafted ahead of Deshaun Watson. And the rest, as they say, is history. I'll have more on that in the second half hour. And that bite from Ian Rappaport talking about Pace and Nagy being in trouble. If you saw my Twitter page after the Lions game last Sunday, you saw it was the first time I've ever said, fire everyone. I have never called for the firing of everyone. And I did so last Sunday. And it's sounding like it's going to be a possibility. And if they lose today, it'll be their seventh straight loss. I don't know why the McCaskies would keep the current regime through the end of the season. I know they don't fire people mid-season. But if you if you lose seven in a row, you got to make a change. I'll have my prediction for the game toward the end of the show, as always, between 11.50 and 11.55, depending on what all we have to talk about. 
A lot of college hoops news as well. Big news out of the Missouri Valley Conference today. Speculated last week, it is confirmed that UNI star A.J. Green is out for the year. He's going to have hip surgery, and that means the Valley is wide open. And when I say wide open, I mean Loyola is the new favorite in the Valley, and Bradley is up there as well, and don't sleep on Drake. you got three solid teams at the top. Four through eight is going to be pretty interchangeable. I will have an updated rankings of the Missouri Valley. I have not put this out anywhere. I put this together this morning, an updated ranking of the Missouri Valley Conference with A.J. Green out, and Antoine Kimmins is out for Northern Iowa too. He's opting out to go back home and help out his family during the pandemic. So a lot going on in Cedar Falls. Northern Iowa actually just canceled the rest of their non-conference. Speaking of Loyola, they play UIC today at 1 p.m. at Credit Union 1 Arena, formerly known as the UIC Pavilion. I still call it the Pavilion. I don't know if I'll ever stop calling it the Pavilion, just like Allstate Arena is going to be the Rosemont Horizon. But that game's at 1 p.m. That's going to be a really good one. Loyola also had some scheduling updates this week, and I'll talk about all of that. And Illinois lost last night in basketball to Mizzou in the Bragging Rights game. Not the end of the world necessarily, but still... Not great. And as I said to start the show, it's sounding like Lovey Smith is not coming back as Illinois football coach. I'll have updates throughout the show on that. And then the White Sox making some moves this week. And moves that there's one move people are happy about. There's one that, that they're not happy about. So we'll start there. The White Sox last week traded Dane Dunning for Lance Lynn. My knee-jerk reaction when I saw that was, yeah, you need a guy like Lance Lynn. And I know you're in win-now mode. But giving up a guy like Dane Dunning, who he wasn't like a star out of the gate, but he's still pretty solid this year. So trading him seemed to me on the surface like overpaying a little bit. But at the same time, and my friend Clark from back home here kind of knocked some sense into me and said, hey, they got to win now and they need they need a guy like Lance Lynn. So yeah, I I'll kind of walk that back. It's it's going to be a fair trade if the White Sox, obviously, as you measure any trade, if the White Sox won a World Series with Lance Lynn, it's a win. It goes back to the Roldis Chapman trade. Did the Cubs overpay with trading Glaber Torres for Roldis Chapman? Yes. Did they win the World Series? Yes. So it was a good trade. That's just how I measure trades. But that was the first thing to come out. And then the White Sox got their right fielder, and it was Adam Eaton. That's a name we haven't heard in a while. Yeah, he was Mr. Popularity when he was here. He uh, didn't really make a good impression, I feel like. And I know Ozzie Guillen kind of doesn't like him. He said so a couple times on the postgame show. But Adam Eaton is back, and he's back in full force because he was on Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000 right after he signed. And from what I understand, and I listened, I listened to the interview right after, I listened to it again later, and then I heard Captain Jay Hood the next morning talking about this. So basically, Adam Eaton was asked to come on for two minutes. It's just general, like, hey, come on for a couple minutes and talk. And he got his two minutes. And then Carmen DeFalco asked him if Tony LaRusso would have trouble relating to today's players or how he'd relate to today's players. And Eaton said, Thanks, guys. I gave you your two minutes. Have a good one. And he just kind of hung up on him. So right out of the gate, <laughs> not not a great impression on the comeback for Adam Eaton. But even so, 
I don't think this is a bad move necessarily. You can obviously do better than Adam Eaton. But, I mean, he's still going to be a solid piece in right field. He's still got a solid game. And from what I understand, the veteran players who played with Eaton the first time around were consulted on this and said he they wouldn't have any trouble bringing him back into the fold in the locker room. And it just shows the White Sox are in win-now mode. It's World Series or bust at this point. People are already throwing out there, are they the team to beat in the American League and even Major League Baseball? You could make a case for that, but they still need a DH. But I've heard rumors you've seen on the Twitterverse and everything going on. You, you've seen Marcelo Zuna's name come up, which that'd be a great fit. Because they're not bringing Edwin Encarnacion back after the disaster of last year. I've also heard Liam Hendricks' name around for a closer, potential closer role. So that's something else. If they can get both of those guys, yeah, they're the team to beat. And I'm really high on the White Sox this year. I think they're going to have a really good year. It's going to be a fun year to be on the south side, definitely. Uh, more news coming out of Champaign. Uh, more and more reports coming out. I see Brett McMurphy at Stadium, and I see Howard Griffith and Bruce Feldman at The Athletic. Lovey Smith is out at Illinois. So all we're waiting on is the official announcement. So, Illinois football is looking for a new coach. I know my buddy Jonah, the Bishop Emeritus of Blurs, as he calls himself. He was the bishop in the student section. He's already texting me going, Lovey to the Bears. You're not going to see that happen again. The way it ended last time, they got rid of him after 10 wins. No, that's not, uh-uh, that's not going to happen. As much as I loved when Lovey Smith was coaching the Bears, that's that's not happening. But still a developing situation in Champaign. We're waiting on just the official announcement, but it sounds like Lovey Smith is out as Illinois head coach. And we'll see, I don't even know who the candidates would be to replace him. But it, I'll say it, it's about damn time. I mean, this year was supposed to be, I want to say, this was what, year four, year five for Lovey? And typically in college sports, that's enough time for you to recruit and build your program up. And you get your recruits in that freshman year and you develop them by their senior year and you should be a force. And they just weren't. And they got laughed out of the Land of Lincoln Bowl. Or is that what they call it? The land of, I know it's the Land of Lincoln Trophy. Is it the Land of Lincoln Bowl? Do they call it that? They got laughed out of town against Northwestern. And I, which player called Northwestern little brother? What are you doing giving Northwestern motivation? Do you not remember what happened with the fight in Reese Davis's? I mean, come on. But when you're Illinois and you're struggling this year, you can't call the other guys who are going to be in the Big Ten Championship the little brother. Like, come on. But it'll be interesting to see what happens down at the University of Illinois with the football program because this is all, on, again, Lovey Smith. Report came out from Mark Shanowski. Just before, actually it was as my intro was playing, just before I came on the air that he was meeting with players and it sounded like the Lovey Smith era was over. And now more and more reports are coming out that he is gone in Champaign. I'll have more updates throughout the show. Let's move over to college hoops. Got a big game in the city today, Loyola versus UIC at 1 p.m. Last night, Loyola went from an 8.5 point favorite to a 7.5 point favorite. I haven't checked this morning, but that's the last time I looked. Not that you can bet on college sports in Illinois, but it's still cool to look at and get a gauge of what could happen, what Vegas is thinking. But that's about what I'd put it at. Because, I mean, UIC, yeah, I keep saying I'm high on him. I, I love their coach, Luke Yaklich. And he's from, like, how far is LaSalle from where I live? It's got to be like half hour, 45 minutes from where I live. And I, I love him as coach, but, I mean, he's got a lot of work to do there. And... As high as I am on UIC, this Loyola team is really good this year. So, yeah, seven and a half point favorite. That's about right, I'd say. I think Loyola's going to cover that. 
But you got to remember, too. Yeah, Loyola looked rough the first couple games out of the gate. They had a shutdown from COVID-19. 16 out of 17 guys had COVID-19. Yeah, they're going to be a little rusty. And that's not a knock. It's just a fact. So, yes, I do think... you, I, I do think that... Loyola's going to roll over UIC. Not roll over UIC. They're going to they're gonna beat them. It's not going to be, like, domination. But it's going to be a good game at the Pavilion, Credit Union 1 Arena. Also, some sad news from the UIC family and related to Illinois, actually. Uh, Jimmy Collins, a former coach, passed away this morning at the age of 74. That's really sad news. The winningest coach in UIC history. And that's just sad news to pass along today. And going back to Loyola, had some scheduling updates this week. Obviously, uh, yours truly reported that Loyola and Duquesne were supposed to play in Indianapolis. Um, what date was that? Probably Wednesday the 16th. That game has been canceled due to COVID issues in Duquesne's program. Duquesne was also supposed to play Southern Illinois on the 18th. But that game has been canceled. And like clockwork, within the hour, Loyola already had a replacement ready in that they're going to play number 19 Richmond in Indianapolis. And that's, you talk about a, I said a solid replacement on Twitter. It was actually an understatement. That's a really good replacement. Because looking at the Ken Palm rankings, Loyola checks in at number 53. And Richmond's at number 58. So just saying, Loyola's ahead of Richmond, but not ranked. But that's neither here nor there. Duquesne, on the other hand, is number 84 in the Ken Palm rankings. That's a huge difference. That's a big game for Loyola coming up on Friday, the 18th. Again, that's in Indianapolis. And we don't have a tip-off time yet, but I'm really I'm excited for that game. More excited than I am for the UIC game. Because, again, UIC is a program that's still getting on track. They had a lot of young guys. I, they, I love Raquandus Mitchell. Tavion Kirk's doing work. But they've got, to, they've got to build that thing up. I trust Luke Yaklis should do that, but it's not going to happen overnight. And if, if they lose to Loyola today by, let's say, 10-15, not the end of the world. They're a young team. This is going to be a good experience for them because, I mean, Loyola is bringing back a lot of key pieces this year. And I'm going on record as saying they're the favorite in the Valley now that A.J. Green's out for Northern Iowa. One more on that in a second. So, yeah, if, if UIC can keep up with Loyola, I don't necessarily believe moral victories as, like, end-all, be-all. But that is, like, reassurance for UIC is that, okay, you kept up with this team who's likely to win the Missouri Valley, which is a step above the horizon. Remember, Loyola and UIC used to be in the horizon together along with Valpo. So the Missouri Valley compared to the horizon isn't like going from the horizon to the SEC or the Big Ten. It's a a step up. The Valley's higher caliber. But that's what UIC can take away today. Again, 1 p.m. tip. It's on ESPN+. I actually haven't seen who's on the call yet. I'm guessing it's going to be my guy Jonathan Hood because it's at UIC, but... I'm not really sure. I haven't looked that close. I looked on Loyola's game notes. I didn't have anything yet. But either way, it's going to be a good one. They're going right up against the Bears game, so I'm going to be pulling double duty watching both just because I'm probably going to get tired of the Bears game anyway, but I'll I'll save my Bears rant for later because I don't feel like ranting about the Bears again. I did that last Sunday, and if go check out my YouTube channel. I'm beefing up the YouTube now. I'm podcasting. The podcast is going into the Sunday Sports Shootout podcast feed for now. And I'm putting them on YouTube. And it's just some general thoughts I have throughout the week. I did one the other day about the Bulls starting preseason, which I'll talk about after I'm done talking college hoops here. 
But yeah, definitely check out the YouTube channel for my full rant. It was That was my knee-jerk reaction to the Lions game because that was not good. I'll get back on track here because I want to talk about the Valley race. As I said, A.J. Green out for the year with a hip injury. He was getting some second opinions. And Ben Jacobson, Northern Iowa's coach, confirmed today that his season is over. So, what does that mean for the Missouri Valley? Well, a couple things. One, Northern Iowa, I've actually got them as a borderline top five team. And I say that because Antoine Kimmins is out. I want to say they're only going to be playing like a seven-man rotation now, which is tough to sustain, especially in the Valley. And when you're doing, they've got these back-to-back games now. That it's Saturday, Sunday, back-to-backs. Playing a seven-man rotation, that's tough. So I've got them as a borderline top five team. Without a doubt, it's Loyola's for the taking. The Valley is Loyola's. They can run away with it. It's The door is open. And it'd be one, if they didn't bring back everybody, that'd be another story. But they're the top team, but don't sleep on Bradley. Bradley's got a really good team this year. They've still got Elijah Childs leading the way. I love the new guys. I've been high on Bradley from the get-go. And Bradley could make a run as well. And then Drake is actually my third team, given how they played in non-conference too. Because Darren DeVries has done a hell of a job out in Des Moines. And some of the games that Drake's played, I mean, they've strung together some really good games. And don't sleep on them. Anything can happen in the Valley. If there's one thing I've learned over the last four years, it's that anything can happen in the Valley. Especially once Wichita State left. Because once Wichita State left, that was that kind of opened the door for Loyola in 2018 to win the league, win Arch Madness, and the rest is history going to the Final Four. But the two years after that, it was anybody's league. Bradley, I want to say, what did they finish? Fourth? in 2019 and won Arch Madness. Might have even been fifth and they won Arch Madness. Last year, Valpo finished seventh in the league and made the championship. That had never happened before. So the Valley is always crazy, but it's going to be even crazier now. Because Northern Iowa's down their number one guy in A.J. Green. I thought I saw from my guy Nick Pateros, I want to confirm this, he's the Northern Iowa beat writer for the Waterloo Courier and Press. I want to say Austin Fife's out with an ankle injury. I just want to double-check that. Yeah, center Austin Fife was going to be out around seven days with the ankle injury suffered at Richmond, and Evan Gogger is day-to-day. So they're going to be down to seven available scholarship guys. So once Fife comes back, it'll be an eight-man rotation, which is better, but you're down your top guy, player of the year, 20-plus points per game. I don't see how Northern Iowa can be in conversation for the top in, for the top of the Valley. So I've got them at six. So here is my... New Valley predictions, and if you want to chime in, shoot me a tweet at Nick Schultz underscore seven, because I can't take calls. Loyola in the top spot, Bradley number two, Drake number three. I got Indiana State at number four. Five and six I've got kind of interchangeable with Southern Illinois and Northern Iowa. I mean, you can kind of flip those if you want. It's kind of a toss-up. That's why I say Northern Iowa is a borderline top five team. Missouri State at seven, Valpo eight, Illinois State nine, and Evansville a distant tenth. I'm not sure Evansville's going to win a conference game this year again. I think they squeaked out a win the other day, though. But that's my Valley rankings. Again, this is just this one injury is going to have a ripple effect on the rest of the league as a whole. Just because, again, it's player of the year. Now, let's go another direction with this. A.J. Green was the preseason player of the year. He won the Larry Bird Trophy last year as a sophomore. Was 
probably going to do it again this year. Now he's out. Who else is in conversation for player of the year? Well, my knee jerk is to say Cameron Crutwig. And that's just because I've been saying, I actually was sleeping on Marcus Towns that year he won the Larry Bird Trophy when I said Cameron Crutwig would win over him. So I've been going back to Crutwig's sophomore year saying he could win player of the year. So now I think he's he's got to be in the conversation. Elijah Childs has to be in the conversation. Let, let's look at the all comp, the preseason all-conference teams because this will give us kind of a baseline of what the writers were thinking before the year. Now let's keep in mind here. I did not have a vote this year. It's the first time in three years I haven't had a vote in this. Thank goodness because I'm usually way off on my, on my team picks. So preseason first team all-conference was Elijah Childs, A.J. Green, Tyreek Key, Cameron Crutwig, and Austin Fife. So you and I had two guys. First team preseason all-conference. Second team, Donovan Clay, Marcus Domask, uh, Donovan Clay at Valpo, Marcus Domask at Southern Illinois, Jake LaRavia, Indiana State, Roman Pennant, Drake, Gage Primit, Missouri State. Third team was Trey Burhow, Keith Fisher, Tate Hall, Marquise Kennedy, and Tramel Murphy. So of those names, let's stay at the first team here. Childs, Green, Key, Crutwig, Fife. Well, Green's out for the year. I mentioned Crutwig and Childs. I'm not sure if Tyreek Key can be in contention for player of the year. He's going to be a solid player again. I mean, he's been a force since he entered the league. But I'm not sure he can make a run at the Larry Bird Trophy. And Austin Fife, if, if Northern Iowa can somehow get into that top three or even still win the league, there is no doubt in my mind that Austin Fife is going to win that, that trophy. Because, man, the kid's got game. But... As we sit here now, I don't think that's going to happen. Again, Northern Iowa is a borderline 5-6 team. I think it's going to come down to Crutwig or Childs. It's going to be whoever wins the league. Whichever team wins the league, that guy is going to win player of the year. I don't see any of the second team guys of Clay, Domas, Glaravia, Penn, or Prim. Penn or Prim, easy for me to say. I don't see any of those guys doing enough to win player of the year. So it's going to come down to Crutwig or Childs. And given that I have Loyola predicted to win the Valley now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Cameron Crutwig is your new player of the year. At least he's the one to beat for it. But a lot going on in the Valley. And conference play is supposed to start here pretty soon. If not, I want to say next week. Let me double check the dates. But I'm pretty sure, but conference play is starting here really quick. And again, Northern Iowa had, I think, two non-con games left, and they just canceled for the year. Or canceled for the year. They canceled their non-conference non-conference games to get ready for conference play. Uh, Valley play starts December 27th through 29th. So here's what that schedule's looking like. It'll be Bradley, Valpo, Drake, Indiana State, Evansville, Southern Illinois, Illinois State, Loyola. And who's the other one I'm missing? Missouri State, Northern Iowa. Now, looking, staying true to Loyola's conference schedule, because, again, we're Loyola's student radio station, so we're going to focus more on the Ramblers. Loyola will have Bradley the second weekend. Out of the new year, they will have Bradley. That's going to be a huge series. I mean, a huge series. And that's at Carver Arena in Peoria. Granted, I said it last week. I'll say it again. There is no true, quote-unquote, home court advantage this year because there's no fans. And Carver Arena can get loud if it's full. Like last year, I went down there for Loyola Bradley. It was the last game of the year. 
and Bradley just missed the buzzer beater. It's one of my favorite pictures I ever took at Loyola was that buzzer beater just barely missing. It got loud in there because the Bradley fans were getting so into it. And now with no fans in there, it's going to be surreal this year. But that second series out of the gate for Loyola, and then the third series is against Drake. So back to back, they're going to go. They're going to go from Illinois State, which Illinois State. I've I've been a little tough on the Redbirds this year. I got to apologize for that. They've they've they're putting together some good games. Didn't look all that great against Ball State yesterday, but even so, I've been tough on the Redbirds. I got them picked ninth in the league just because I know how Valley play works. But Loyola should sweep that. And then going to Bradley is my second team in the league. To Drake is my number three team in the league. And then they go Northern Iowa. So there was potential if AJ was healthy. They'd be going back to back to back. Northern Iowa would be the top team in the league. Bradley would be number three. Drake would be number four. Talk about running through the gauntlet. And Bradley and Drake are both away games for Loyola. And the way they're doing Valley play is both games are at one site. So it's going to be quite an adjustment to Valley play this year in the conference schedule. But second weekend's Bradley, third weekend's Drake, fourth weekend's Northern Iowa. And then after that, it should be smooth sailing. Valpo at Valpo at Missouri State versus Evansville at home at Indiana State, home against Valpo, home against Southern Illinois to close out the year. So these first four games, you got Illinois State. So the next three games, or I guess next three series, I got to start saying, it's going to be telltale for this Loyola team. And I know, like I said, they've got that big game against UIC today, which is going to be fun. I keep saying big game. It's just going to be a fun game. I'm so glad these two teams are playing again. That'll be a good baseline because they're not, because the two teams Loyola's played so far are Lewis and Chicago State. And they didn't look all that great the first half against Chicago State, but they put it together in the second half and started looking like the team I thought we'd get. So today's going to be a really good benchmark, good baseline for this team. And Valley play is just going to be so damn fun this year. And I was talking, I was on a, I was on a Zoom happy hour with my buddy Josh Betts last night at Betts Sports Beat. Uh, he covers Northern Iowa. We were talking, and I'm hoping I can find my way down to Arch Madness. So hopefully it's safe by then. But hopefully I can get my way down to St. Louis and watch that tournament because it's going to be a lot of fun this year. It's always fun at Arch Madness. There's a reason they call it Arch Madness other than the fact that it's a play on March Madness. Get it? It's under the arch. But the madness there, I mean, even I go back to last year. I, I want to call it the last normal sporting event I covered. It was anything but normal because the one seed and the two seed were both knocked out right out of the gate um, was that Friday night. Both teams were knocked out, and a seven seed made the championship for the first time ever. So it wasn't really, quote-unquote, normal. But that just shows you what can happen in St. Louis. And hopefully by then they'll have fans there. I'm not sure what the plans are, especially now with the vaccines getting approved, obviously uh, getting off sports for a second, but Pfizer-BioNTech's vaccine got approved uh, Friday night, and it sounds like the Moderna one's going to be approved this week by the FDA. So that'll have some impact, hopefully, on uh, getting on the right track in the pandemic. And by then, hopefully we can have fans in the stands, at least some, because the fans are what make Arch Madness so great. Especially now that Wichita State's out, because, oh man, 
if you ever went to Arch Madness when Wichita State was in the league, you know as well as I do the sea of yellow in the stands. Because, man, they got loud. But that's what could be ahead in the Valley this year. I'm excited, and I'll be tweeting all about it, depending on the job search, of course, which is still ongoing. But I'll be tweeting a lot about the Valley because I love Valley hoops. As we approach the bottom of the hour, I want to remind you, you're listening to WLUWFM 88.7, broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University. I'm currently broadcasting from my detached garage in Dwight, Illinois. And staying on college hoops, I do want to talk about the Illinois game last night. Now, I should preface this, because Illinois lost to Mizzou last night, 81-78. I do want to preface this. I did not get to watch the Illinois game, and it's really funny why. So, I, I couldn't remember what time tip-off was and wasn't really paying attention. Well, my family wanted to watch a movie, and it's the, I actually got to watch Moulin Rouge for the first time last night, and I, I, I don't think my sister enjoyed it as much as I did, but I really liked it. And the movie ended as the Illinois game ended. So I was kind of, I wasn't even on my phone. I mean, it was, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's Baz Luhrmann, Ewan McGregor, Nicole Kidman. It's really good. And it kind of hooks you because it's so fast paced. And I, I was into it. Didn't I barely was on Twitter, if at all, during the movie. Usually I'm sitting there during the movie, like scrolling through, like, okay, what's going on? What am I missing? I was kind of cut off for those two hours. So when I logged on and saw that Mizzou won, my jaw dropped, not because I expected Illinois to beat them pretty handily, because it wasn't going to be an easy game, but I expected them to win. They were the number six team in the country. They ended up losing by three points, and as I said at the start of the show, it's not the end of the world, but it's still not great that you're the number six team in the country and you lost to Mizzou last night. Granted, Mizzou's undefeated. I don't think Illinois is going to be unranked at this point, and I don't I don't think that they're going to go into a downward spiral. Granted, don't listen to me when talking about downward spirals because of my Bears takes, but I digress. I think they're going to be fine. It's college basketball. Anything can happen. This is only December. In fact, we're halfway through December almost, which is crazy. We're almost done with this year, y'all. We're almost there. Anything can happen in college basketball early on. What's going to be telltale is the Big Ten Tournament. Actually, Illinois might still get an at-large bid because they're in the Big Ten. The high majors get at-large bid like crazy. Meanwhile, mid-majors like the Missouri Valley, the second team that finishes second and doesn't win the tournament might not get in even though they have a really good year. Because you've all heard my stances about the mid-major bias in the NCAA tournament because the high majors get all these bids and they get all the attention and at-large bids like crazy. And the Big Ten's loaded this year. They're going to get a lot of bids. Meanwhile, we were talking about a two-bid valley, and I was saying that was pie in the sky. Even even if Bradley puts together a really solid year, which I think they could, I still don't think they get an at-large bid if they don't win Arch Madness just because they play in the Missouri Valley. So Illinois is going to be in the NCAA tournament this year unless they absolutely bottom out, which is altogether possible. I think they'd have been in the NCAA tournament last year if they had one. So yeah, I think they're going to be in March Madness. They've got to absolutely collapse to miss March Madness. Even with, they lost to Baylor, which was a good game in the first half, and Baylor put their foot to the floor in the second half. And a loss to Mizzou, they'll be fine. Not worried about the Illini this year. I think Brad Underwood's got something good going, especially with Io DeSumo back, who put up a career-high 36 last night. He dropped 36 points, and they still lost. My understanding was there was a lot of turnovers and a lot of fouls. 
but Illinois will be fine. More Illinois football news again as we as we hit the bottom of the hour. In case you're just tuning in, breaking news as we came on the air: Lovey Smith has been fired at Illinois. He's not coming back. And Pete Thamel, he is a college football writer for Yahoo Sports, has some names out here already. Now this was tweeted 15 minutes ago. Uh, Army's Jeff Monken, Buffalo's Lance Leipold, former Wisconsin coach Brett Bilima. I'm pronouncing that wrong. Kent Sean Lewis, Iowa State offensive coordinator Tom Manning, Ball State's Mike New. Wisconsin defensive coordinator Jim Leonard, and Cincinnati defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman. So a lot of names already out of the gate for Illinois. And they're one of three FBS teams to have an opening right now. So they're in prime position to get a really good candidate. And I don't want to hear any more Lovey Smith to the Bears talk. You know, I and I, I have to read this from Daryl Horowitz. He hosted the show for a while, co-hosted with me. He's living in Charlotte now. Thanks for listening still, Daryl. Hope you're well and staying healthy. He says, Lovey Smith was as bad a coach as you will find. Ron Rivera, Rod Marinelli, as well as Dave Tube with the special teams with Hester and Gold made Lovey. When Babich or Lovey ran the defense, they were bad because Lovey doesn't even know defense. The only thing I'll give him is he emphasized turnovers, though he was lucky he had Tillman helping out there. I counter that with one thing. He won. They didn't win a Super Bowl, but he, they were, he, he got fired when he won 10 games. I mean, I'm not saying he's Mike Ditka. I'm not saying he's George Hallis. I'm saying, look at what you've had since. I'm looking at Trustman, uh, Fox, uh, Nagy. Uh. It has not been good since Lovey Smith was fired. And I mean, look at the product on the field right now. Go back and watch that Lions game. If you're giving me a choice here, the last three coaches, Trustman, Fox, and Nagy, if you're giving me the choice of those guys or Lovey, I'm taking Lovey. And going back to the what he said about Ron Rivera, Rob Marinelli, and Dave too, yeah, good coordinators make you. You're telling me, like, you can say the Bears' defense was bailing out Matt Nagy before they started kind of falling apart the last couple weeks. That's not Matt Nagy. He didn't have anything to do with the defense. Granted, I think they struggled enough that, I mean, they need to clean house. I'm not saying Chuck Pagano needs to stay. Should they have made a more concerted effort to keep Vic Fangio? Yeah, but that wouldn't fix the issues on the offense. So yeah, good coordinators make a good head coach. That's just that's just the way it works. But I, I wouldn't say he's as bad a coach as you'll find. Mark Trestman is as bad a coach as you'll find. I don't think they're in the same ballpark. And that's, again, Lovey won more games. Another Twitter note from uh, Jonah, the Bishop of Blurs, Bishop Emeritus of Blurs, I'm sorry. If UIC keeps trending up, the games with Loyola will be on ESPN2 or ESPNU in the next three to five years. I absolutely agree with that especially because this is a four-year agreement with UIC. And I think these two teams could put on a clinic. Now, going back to a topic I had last week, let's get DePaul and Northwestern involved in this and make a whole MTE because that'd be a lot of fun and the ratings would be through the roof. And once we can have fans in the stands, people would pack the United Center or Wintrust Arena if DePaul wants to host it at their place. We need to make that happen. I'm going to keep banging that drum until it does. And as I said... Les Grobstein at the score kind of brokered an agreement between Northwestern and DePaul. I will broker an agreement between these schools. I will be the mediator. I will sit in that room and sit and make sure everybody's in agreement to make this happen. That's how bad I want it to happen. But I digress. I do want to talk Bulls because we're into the second half hour here because the Bulls played a basketball game this weekend, kind of. And that's another video you can find on my YouTube page. 
and on the Sunday Sports Shootout podcast is the Bulls are back, kind of. They played a preseason game. Well, they tried to play a preseason game against the Houston Rockets. They got their butts handed to them. But there were still some good things to take away, including I listened to the post-game press conference because so I used to listen to the Bulls post-game press conferences when Jim Boylan was there just to hear what idiotic things he had to say. And now that he's gone, listening to Billy Donovan talking about how they got their asses handed to him, that's a direct quote, it was so reassuring. I did hear him drop the word spirit in there, and at that point I cringed because I was waiting for Jim Boyle and somewhere to go, oh, well, I thought our spirit was good, and we won the first quarter. We didn't lose, we didn't lose the second quarter. Like I was, That's what I think of when I hear spirit. But when you hear, when you hear Billy Donovan and, and his New York accent cracks me up when, when he's talking about Mark and our tourists and playing in Chicago, and I, I could listen to him talk all day, but I, listening to his press conferences, he sounded like a competent – it's Dave Tobe. I'm sorry, not Dave Tobe. Going back to that thing from the Bears. But listening to Billy Donovan talk and listening to him, he won't sugarcoat. And that's what I like. If you didn't know, Jim Boylan liked to sugarcoat. <laughs> he, he, he liked to sugarcoat a lot. He liked to talk about how the guys were, if you build it, they will come, is always my favorite. But yeah, I mean, you could you could tell that Billy was, wasn't happy with that first half, with the way they played against Houston. And they have another game tonight at the United Center. The way they're doing the preseason schedules this year in the NBA is it's kind of it's not a back-to-back, but they play the same opponent twice in three days. So Bulls Rockets tonight at seven. Adam Amin is the new play-by-play guy for the Bulls. He's actually on the call for I forget which game he's got today on Fox. So Jason Benetti sitting in with Stacy Stacy King, which is a riot when that happens. They're hilarious. And that's going to be must-see TV in and of itself. I'm probably not going to watch that game tonight. I I did watch the game the other night just because I wanted to see a Bulls game without Jim Boylan on the sidelines and see how this team would do. I still say they're a, they're a playoff team. I wouldn't say they're a top-five seed in the East playoff team, but they're the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference because the Eastern Conference is so bad. But they are they are back, and the other good sign was Patrick Williams. I thought he looked good. I didn't think he traveled. You know, I think he might have stepped out of bounds on what they call travel. But I thought he looked good. He looked like he's fitting in nice. And he's not going to start right away because they got Otto Porter there, and they got to pay him twenty eight million dollars or whatever it is to start a few games and get hurt and sit on the bench. But I think he's going to develop nicely, especially with. A guy like Billy Donovan as head coach. A guy like Maurice Cheeks as one of the assistants. And the the player development program that's there now. Instead of just one player development guy, they have a whole department for player development. The Bulls are totally modernized. That's part of the reason I'm so high on them. But yeah, I, I thought Patrick Williams looked good. I thought Lowry Marketing looked decent. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time to learn this offensive system. And I did make, uh, I, I do have to own up to it. I did make a mistake in my video the other day that I did about the Bulls preseason. So when I was talking about the drop, pick, and roll, I took that as an offensive system, and even watching the video, I was looking at the offense. I'm a moron. That's a defense. You dummy. It's defense. Drop, pick, and roll. So when you listen to my video, keep that in mind. It, it still worked. It made sense. But the drop, pick, and roll is a defense, not an offense. I could tell I needed another cup of coffee that day because I, I went back and watched that. I'm like, that's not what that is, you idiot. So my apologies for that. 
But I thought the defense was okay. I mean, yeah, they let up 100-some points by the fourth quarter. But it's going to take some time. And, and Billy even said, I think they've had maybe eight contact practices before the preseason started. It's going to be that kind of year. And that was the first game the Bulls have played in nine months. Nine months. That's a long time to not be playing competitive basketball. And I know they've probably gotten shots up in their backyard, and et cetera, et cetera. But you can't simulate a game environment. Nine months since a game? That's crazy. But Bulls-Rockets again tonight. That's a 7 p.m. tip on NBC Sports Chicago. Again, Jason Benetti and Stacey King on the call. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. If the Bears lay an egg today, like I think they will. More on that in a minute. That's going to be a really good relief is listening to those two. Because you, if you listen to Jason Benetti call a game with Bill Walton, it's hysterical. And I'm not saying Stacey King is Bill Walton because they're two drastically different kinds of hilarious Bill Walton's a ridiculous, did he just say that? Stacey King is more the, hey, that's funny. Give me the hot sauce and the catchphrases. And Bill Walton's more, oh, well, you know, you know, I, I like being high up. I like being high. That's Bill Walton. So it's different, but it's still going to be funny. It's, it's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun broadcast. Always is. All right, I promised Bears talk at the end, and here we are. We got 20 minutes left. I've got to talk Bears because... Kickoff coming up in 20 minutes. Bears-Texans at Soldier Field. First time the Bears will be facing Deshaun Watson. And it's been all over the radio all week. Oh, the Bears took Mitch over over Deshaun. Oh, Deshaun's going to roll over the Bears. Deshaun Watson playing the Bears for the first time since the draft. I love telling this story. I feel like I find a way to tell it every other week or so. I'm going to tell it again. 2017 draft night. I'm in the Denobly Dining Hall at Loyola. I remember it vividly. And I remembered it was draft night because I was coming back from recording when I was involved with the Rambler Sports Locker. I was coming back from recording that, grabbing some dinner, had my phone, put my headphones in, watching draft coverage. And I remember sitting down and eating, and I had my phone out, and I, the first pick in that draft, was that, was that when Miles Garrett was taken first? I don't even remember who the first pick was. But when I heard the second pick, I heard the Bears were trading up, and my first thought was, hey, they're going to get Deshaun Watson. They're trading up for Deshaun Watson. I love it. And then I hear that they take Mitchell Trubisky, and I'm like, oh. But at that point, when I say I went, oh, I'm not saying, I'm like, oh, he sucks. He's terrible. This is a bad pick. No. My reaction was, okay, this is our guy. This is who they want. This is our quarterback in Chicago. I'll back him up. I'll give him a chance. I'm all for him. And then I jumped on the Trubisky bandwagon after his year in 2018. And then I ended up having to jump off that bandwagon. I love telling that story. Just the initial reaction. I, I feel like I'm not alone in that. In that I thought for sure that they were trading up to take Deshaun Watson. Because Trubisky would have been there at 3. He probably would have been there at 15. Maybe even in the second round. No, probably not the second round. Because the mock drafts at that time did have Trubisky in the conversation with Watson and apparently Patrick Mahomes. I never heard of Patrick Mahomes until the last couple of years. Just that's why I, my, the one that gets me is the fact that they passed up on Deshaun Watson, even though Mahomes turned into Mahomes as he's on my TV here doing his thing in the highlights on CBS here. The one that gets me is that they passed up on Deshaun Watson, who literally played a national championship, but I digress. 
More on the Bears in a second. Also, I got some breaking news here from John Rostein. A lot of breaking news today. Busy news day this Sunday. John Rostein, CBS Sports, is reporting DePaul will end its quarantine period and return to practice today, according to Dave Lato. So DePaul, if you recall, went on pause. I think that was even this week. This was a busy week. I think it was this week they went on pause again. And what happened was there were some false positive COVID tests because they already they already went on pause once. And they had to go on pause again because they had some false positives. But naturally, because it's the NCAA, there's no protocol for a false positive test. So they still had to go on pause and make sure everything was okay. And that meant they had to cancel games like their one against Iowa State. I, I guess that one's technically postponed, I think I read. But for all intents and purposes, with Big East play coming up, it's canceled. It's the most NCAA thing I've heard in a while. But good to hear that DePaul is getting back to practice. Hey, maybe they can schedule a certain team from Rogers Park to play here soon. And more breaking news. It's official now. Lovey Smith is out as football coach at Illinois. Illinois Director of Athletics Josh Whitman announced today that Lovey Smith has been relieved of his duties as head football coach after five seasons at the helm of the Fighting Illini. Smith will not coach the Illini during their final game of the season. Yesterday's 28-10 loss to Northwestern. Lovey went an astounding 17-39 overall record and an amazing 10-33 record in the Big Ten, including 2-5 this year. Beginning immediately, the Division of Intercollegiate Athletics will launch a national search to identify Coach Smith's successor. That's from the North, from the, Univers- the, Northern, the University of Illinois just a minute ago. So he's out. It's official. Lovey Smith is out in Champaign. Again, a lot going on this Sunday. I mean, I knew I had a lot to talk about going into this thing. I mean, my notebook is filled here. I use a big legal pad. And I, I got two pages full of stuff to talk about. But having this on top of it, it's just, this is a crazy busy news day today. And we got the Bears game coming up in T-minus 14 minutes, 13 minutes. Yeah, a lot going on today. I'm glad I'm on the air for it. It gives me a lot to talk about. So let's get back to this Bears game. And I'm done beating the drum about the about the 2017 draft. Texans are point and a half favorite today at Soldier Field. The Bears are a home underdog as they should be after that loss to the Lions. If you didn't watch that game, be grateful because that was ugly. There is no reason the Lions should have won that game, but they did. And that's why the Bears are a home underdog today as they should be. And the worst part is <clears throat> I can see the Texans covering that spread. <laughs> I can see it. I could see the Bears losing their seventh straight. I could also see this being another time the Bears end up pulling out a win when they shouldn't. But either way, Vegas is saying Texans by point and a half. I'll have my prediction in a minute. Injury report, no buster screen today. He's out with an injury. That's a loss on defense. It's going to be probably five less flags for the defense. And a couple less missed tackles for the defense because I have not been impressed with Buster Screen. Last year, I thought he was turning a corner. I thought he was going to be all right. This year, no. Yeah, this year he has just not turned a corner. Yes, Jonah, I know you told me it was a bad pick on draft night. Yes, I know I know you're listening to. The Bishop, told he proclaimed that night that Mitchell Trubisky was a bad pick for the Bears. I know, and I told him it was, and I told him I'd, get, I'd back him up. I told him I'd jump on the bandwagon. He's our quarterback. He's going to be fine. We're going to win the Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. Meatball Bears fan stuff. 
Yes, I know you told me. You don't have to keep rubbing it in. Because again, I wanted Deshaun Watson. But that's just me. What do I know? I'm just a 22-year-old kid who golfed in high school instead of played football. Which, by the way, I'm pretty proud of myself. I broke 40 for the first time the other day. The other day in December. The other day, I broke 40 for the first time on nine holes. So that's a, I just pat myself on the back there. But today's game, again, it could be the seventh straight loss for the Bears. That's not good. Five and one, and they could be five and eight. Life comes at you fast, doesn't it? And, again, if, if you missed my show intro, Ian Rappaport at the NFL Network is saying that the future is uncertain for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, and they both just, it's time. It was time after the Lions game. I wouldn't have let them into the postgame press conference. But the McCaskies must be nicer than I am because it would have been on the spot. Fired immediately. But everyone should be fired still. Even, I'm talking the GM, head coach, defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, water boy, turf manager. I don't care. Fire everybody. But honestly, though, the ones that need to go are your GM, your head coach, and your president, Ted Phillips. Which, a report from David Kaplan at ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago is that Ted Phillips is looking at retiring at year's end. Which at that point, yeah, I know he hasn't necessarily been involved in the football operations side the last couple years. But still, it's time for a change. And, riddle me this, Batman. I want to hear thoughts on this. Because I, I brought this up to my dad this week, and he didn't seem totally against it. If they, if they want to keep the president outside of football operations, hey, John McDonough's looking for a job. Look what he did with the Blackhawks. Look what he was doing with the Cubs. I know the Cubs the Cubs didn't win a lot of games back then, but that's because the Tribune owned the team, and there was a bunch of stuff going on there. But I don't think John McDonough would be a bad replacement for Ted Phillips. Guy knows his stuff. Again, look at the Blackhawks. He did a hell of a job with them. Just saying, if I'm George McCaskey, I'm looking into it. Especially if he's getting word that Phillips is retiring at year's end. Yes, definitely inquire with John McDonough. Because what can happen is you keep the president outside of football ops, which is what it is now, apparently, even though Matt Nagy says he's having good conversations with Ted. That could just be Matt being Matt, though. Have you noticed a trend with Chicago coaches and press conferences? But if Ted Phillips does retire or doesn't come back next year, I think John McDonough needs to be on the short list of candidates. Plain and simple. All right, let's get to my prediction for the Bears game today. Texans win 24-21. That's my prediction. I think they're going to cover that point and a half spread. I think the Bears are going to lose their seventh straight. You want me to predict that everyone's going to be fired after the game when they lose, but that's not going to happen. Think about who you're talking about here. Granted, Illinois did just get rid of their coach before their last game, which Rod Smith is taking over in the interim, by the way. Rod Smith, the offensive coordinator, will be the interim coach next week. But I think the Texans win today. I think Deshaun Watson puts on a clinic. I think he also reminds Bears fans what they could have had if the Bears would have taken him instead of Trubisky. And it also bugs the hell out of me that they didn't even meet with Deshaun Watson. Didn't even give him a meeting. They met with Mahomes. They met with Trubisky. They didn't meet with Watson, who, you know, we just played for Clemson in the National Championship. And Trubisky just started a few games for North Carolina. Senior year. But whatever. 
this is going to be twisting the knife today if you're a Bears fan. Because watching, it was bad enough last year watching Patrick Mahomes against the Bears just because he does Mahomes things. But especially this one is going to hurt more as the graphic is showing up on my TV right now on CBS with Watson versus Trubisky. And are they going to flash the stats? I'm pretty sure they're going to flash the stats up. The good thing about this game is Kevin Harlan's going to be calling it, which is great. I could listen to that guy talk all day. And apparently it's his fourth Bears game, considering he did a few for Westwood One Radio as well. But that'll be a nice reprieve that Kevin Harlan's calling the game. The Bears are still in the hunt. NFC playoff picture has the Bears in the hunt. (laughs) You're kidding me, right? That's got to be a joke. You're messing with me. (laughs) How are the Bears still in the hunt? Oh, man, I got to love the NFC. (laughs) They could... If the Bears make the playoffs, I might fall over. <laughs> they, I mean, they got to win a game first. It's like the old Jim Mora thing. We, we can't win a game. You talk about playoffs? That needs to be what happens at Matt Nagy's press conference today. I want to hear that kind of rant. Now, I want to hear a good rant in the press conference today. And when I say rant, I don't want to hear him call out the defense again. You have nothing to do with defense. Don't call out the defense. I know you're the head coach, and it might be your job, and it might be well-received by the players, or at least they say it's well-received. You don't have anything to do with the defense. Quit calling them out all the time. Like, don't throw them under the bus. But, yeah, today's game's going to be fun. Bears Twitter's going to be fun. And I'm watching the highlights now of Watson making throws on the move and finding guys and doing his air guitar celebration, 68.8 completion percentage last week. Oh, what could have been? What could have been? The good news is it sounds like consensus is there's going to be changes with the Bears at the end of the year. And it would probably end of the year at the latest. Like, what's the last game is what, January 3rd? So January 4th will be when changes are made. I'm cool. I'm fine with that. Just make sure you don't miss out on a really, really good head coach or GM candidate because you're waiting this long. If Eric Bieniemy isn't the one of the first ones called, they're doing it wrong again. But yeah, a lot going on today, and we still got the fallout of the Lovey Smith firing. And it was, it was. How, let me find the wording in the press release again. I just want to make sure I got this right. Been relieved of his duties. It was not a mutual thing. He was relieved of his duties. There's a lot of change going on in Shambana. So again, we got Bears coming up at noon on CBS. And then we got Loyola UIC at 1 on ESPN+. Plus. It's going to be a really good game at Credit Union 1 Arena. I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I just want to see how both these teams do against each other because they... Some pretty good competition here. UIC has opened some eyes lately. They, they've done pretty well. But Loyola's played Lewis and Chicago State, which, yeah, the competition level is not great, but they got to get back in shape. And that's how you do it, is play teams like Lewis and Chicago State. Even though Chicago State did put up a fight, even though they were down to seven players and one coach, and from what I understand is from Shannon Ryan at the Tribune, Chicago State didn't necessarily want to play that game. But the university wanted to play it. 
But yeah, one o'clock tip. Jonathan Hood and Chris Black on the call. Those two are great on the call. Is my guy Jay Hood. So it's gonna be gonna be a fun one at the Pavilion Credit Union One Arena. And it'll be a nice escape from the disaster that'll be the Bears game. Again, Texans twenty-four to twenty-one is my prediction. That game at Soldier Field. So here's the rundown. Bears, noon, Loyola UIC, 1. Bulls preseason, 7 tonight. If you want to watch NBA basketball like me, I've missed the NBA. I've missed watching my team in the NBA. Because they were part of the Delete 8, is what they're called. So, good amount going on. And plus, we got Sox Free Agency watch going on, and Cubs cost-cutting going on, probably. It's a fun day in, in uh, Illinois sports and Chicago sports. And when I say fun, I mean there's a lot of news because this game is not going to be fun. Tweet here from Jeff Dickerson. This is not Bears related, but it's still, it echoes one of my sentiments about the new Illinois head coach, whoever it may be. My plea to the next Illinois head coach is to please, please prioritize in-state recruiting. Try and turn Illinois into a destination for all the great prep talent that we have in the state. I agree 100%. I'm glad they go to Northwestern. I'm glad they stay in-state in that regard, but... It's the University of Illinois. You've seen what the basketball team can do. I want that to happen with the football team. Because when Illinois football is good, it's good for the state. Because people start caring about college football again outside of... I mean, I've got my Notre Dame fight in Irish who are playing Clemson in the ACC title game this week. Words I hate saying. I really hope this is only a one-year thing with Notre Dame and a conference. But I got the fight in Irish. Northwestern's in the Big Ten title game, which is great. I think Pat Fitzgerald's doing a good job up there. Still 50-50 on whether he should be the next Bears coach, given all the rumors and speculation that I've heard. Still not entirely sure on that. I think he's doing a good job with the Wildcats, even though Northwestern's going up against Ohio State this week. <laughs> is, there a, is there a spread out for that one yet? I'm very curious to know just how heavily favored Ohio State is. Because the Big Ten, you, you want me to say they bent the rules, they, they had to change the rule so Ohio State could play in the title game and therefore possibly make the college football playoff. But I I want to know what the spread is for that game. And I don't, I don't have time to look it up. Otherwise, I would. I've only got about 30 seconds left here. Again, taking you up to Bears-Texans at noon, that game on CBS. Texans point and a half favorite. I picked them to win 24-21. I will gladly be wrong in this case because typically if I expect the Bears to lose, I'm not as angry when they lose. So if they win, I might be happy. Maybe I'll come on here happy next week about the Bears instead of yelling into the microphone. We'll see. It depends on which team shows up today. But, man, watching Deshaun Watson against the Bears, if he, if he lights up like I think he will, that's going to be painful. I'm out of time. That'll do it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening and putting up with me once again. I will see you back here next Sunday on WLUW. And try to enjoy the Bears game or at least enjoy the Loyola UIC game today. And I will talk to you next week. I'm signing off. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wear a mask. Happy holidays. It's weird to be saying that already. It feels like we blinked and it's December. Happy holidays and see you next Sunday.